0: The following podcast is part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.
1: Align and awaken with Mother Earth Rising podcast. Let's rise and heal together with me, Pippa, your Mother Earth healer. Hi guys, welcome back. So I am pleased to announce that I have a beautiful girl on the podcast today, Lindsay Lockett. She is a trauma educator, coach, and the host of the Holistic Trauma Healing Podcast. I'm so happy to talk to her today. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Pippa. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I had to return the favor because I was speaking on your (laughs) podcast too, which I was so excited about. So I'm intrigued and I was always intrigued about the stuff that you do, you know, because I know you love the nervous system. And I know we kind of touched on it a little bit the other day, but first I want you to explain, you know, more about you, you know, why you got into this work and, you know, where your kind of spiritual journey started.
0: Okay. Do you want my like whole life story or do you want the part where I had a dark night of the soul and then had a spiritual awakening and what I've done since?
1: The dark night of the soul.
0: And I want the Barbara story again, please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Barbara story. Okay. So yeah, in um in 2018, basically it was it was the hardest year of my life. Like 2020 had nothing on 2018. Mm-hmm. And um it literally anything that could go wrong did go wrong. So we started 2018 in February with a chimney fire in our house. And then we ended 2018 with a fire in our sauna. So we literally bookended the year with two actual fires and then the whole like middle part of that was marriage problems financial problems um just my husband was going through some sort of i don't know if it was an identity crisis or an adjustment mm-hmm. disorder i don't really know what it was but he was in a really really rough place and i was trying to make it better and figure out if we were even going to be able to stay married And protect the kids from seeing us like fighting and arguing. And I was a food blogger at that time. So I was also running a business full-time online and it was just, it was a shit show. Can I say shit on your podcast? Yeah, you can. (laughs) Okay. It was a shit show. Like it was a literal shit show. And I, I feel like I did a really, a pretty good job of holding it all together. And by like the fall of 2018, um, my husband had started seeing a therapist and he was getting some things back in order and things in our lives were calming down and the things that had broken in our house and our cars, we fixed and we were doing much better financially and like things really seemed to be improving. But, uh, what I wasn't counting on was that my body basically when the stress had passed, my body was like, well, I'm done. (laughs) Like I held all of this for you for this whole time. I kept it all together for you. And now I'm going to flip out because I carried too much and I can't carry anymore and I need some care and rest and help. And, um, so in the late fall of 2018, I started having the symptoms of a urinary tract infection, but my urine would never culture bacteria so they could never tell me definitively that i did have a urinary tract infection um but i had the symptoms of one and then i started having really bad anxiety and insomnia was oh my god it was i now know why they use sleep deprivation as a torture a tool of torture because <laughs> Um, I went five months with like no more than three hours of sleep a night and sometimes less, and it was just the most horrific torture ever, Mm -hmm. um, constant panic attacks, terrible anxiety, um, mostly anxiety about my health because I was having all this shit happening in my body and my pelvis. And nobody could tell me what the fuck was going on. Yeah, And I went to the ER a few times. I went to urgent care a few times. I visited my primary care doctor a couple of times and like, I kept peeing in a fucking cup and they kept <laughs> being like, well, it won't culture any bacteria. And I'm like, but my urethra is literally spasming all the time. I'm having to pee constantly. It hurts when I pee. It's better when I lay down. So I ended up spending a lot of time in bed because it would get better whenever I would lay down. And then in December of 2018, I started having another weird (laughs) pelvic pain that was unrelated to the spasming in my urethra. So this was like pelvic issue number two. That was a mystery. Um, and I was laying in bed with this pain and it kept getting worse and it kept getting worse. And if I was up and around, it would get worse. And when I would lie down, it would get better. And so that was contributing to even more anxiety and we didn't have health insurance at that time. And so just the stress of figuring out, not only do I not have the resources to figure out what's wrong with me, but once I do figure out what's wrong with me, I don't have the resources to pay to have it fixed. Like that was the kind of the place that I was in. And. You guys in the UK are so fucking lucky. I was about to to say that.
1: Yeah, we're so lucky. Oh my
0: god, it's so broken here in the US, Mm -hmm. and um, and because like my like my husband and I, our family, we're at the income level that is, I think, the worst affected by the lack Mm -hmm. of access to healthcare because we make too much money to qualify for even a tax credit on insurance. We definitely make too much money to get like free healthcare from the state, but we don't make enough money to be able to pay for the monthly insurance premiums plus the $14,000 deductible that we would have every year. So we're kind of in that middle space of like, we're not rich, but we're not poor, but it just doesn't work out for us when it comes to healthcare. So anyway, that was a little aside, but It was just a lot of stress and anxiety. And I was losing weight rapidly. Um, I wasn't trying to lose weight at all. I was eating constantly. I was hungry so much. And it was like the more I ate, the more weight I lost. And so from like basically from like November of 2018 to March of 2019, I lost like um like 30 to 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was shriveling up and dying. I mean, I just I I could feel the light leaving my body like it was just it was awful and i began to ideate suicide in january of 2019 um i was i was honest about my ideating suicide i didn't ever hide it like i told my husband as soon as i started thinking about it um and he promptly whisked me away to texas to go visit family and friends and try to get me somewhere warmer and sunnier cuz this was january and i live in northeastern minnesota so there's like you know, eight hours of daylight or something. And it's brutally cold. So he thought maybe a change of scenery and being around friends and family and being where it was warmer and sunnier would help me. And so we spent two weeks in Texas and that it was like a little break, but as soon as we got home, I was right back in the, just and, and I really had never left the panic state. I mean, I never even slept when we were in Texas. So like that didn't make any difference really. It was just nice to be around like my mom and my dad and my best friend, Megan. Um, but anyway, in February, I saw the urologist finally, cause I was still having these urethra spasms and pain in my pelvic floor. And I saw the urologist. And at this point, um, I was a researcher. I still am an avid researcher and, I'm like a super sleuth. I mean, when it comes to something that's wrong in my body, like I will not stop until I find the answer. And so I finally got into a urologist office. And by that point, I was convinced that I had like bladder cancer or interstitial cystitis. Like I was convinced it was something bad. And I chatted with the urologist and told him literally everything, every supplement I had tried, every natural treatment I had tried, like the, the series of events I had written everything down and kept the timeline on a calendar so that I could like be really specific and noting like the symptom patterns and when they were better and when they were worse and all of that. And I mean, way over prepared. Right. Um, and anyway, he. Examined me and determined that I had pelvic floor dysfunction. I did not have bladder cancer or urethra cancer or interstitial cystitis. Um, I had a hypertonic pelvic floor. And so he referred me to pelvic floor PT, which I started, um, after my suicide attempt. So then that's the next event that happens in March of 2019, March 7th, actually. Um, I, I finally did attempt suicide, um, I walked out into the cold, so it was about 10 degrees that night, and I was only wearing my pajamas, and I walked out into the woods, and my plan was to try to get lost and freeze to death, and then that way, I wouldn't make a mess, and my husband and my kids wouldn't find me, like, lying in a bathtub or something, Um, and it would be search and rescue that would find me, and so it was, like, it was the kindest way that I could think of for my family and for myself. Um, but my husband caught me and brought me back inside. So I didn't succeed. Obviously, thankfully, I'm so grateful that I didn't, but I did check myself in to inpatient psychiatric hospital. Um, I stayed there for five days voluntarily. I got on some really, really much needed and very therapeutic for me, psychiatric medications. Mm -hmm. Um, after five days, it felt like I was complete and I checked myself out of the hospital and I vowed to myself that, I was going to figure out what got me to that point and I was going to excavate it and I was going to heal it. And I didn't know how I was going to go about doing that because this entire time... I'm literally getting
1: chills. Like you're telling the story. Like I've got chills all over.
0: um, The the, the entire... Well, thank you. The entire time. I mean, I had been seeing a therapist. Yeah. Like it's not that I didn't have access to support. Like Sometimes it's
1: not enough. It's like, you need to go to that kind of breaking point. Don't you to realize like, this is not how I want to live anymore.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and I for me checking myself into the hospital, because I have a background in health and wellness and I'm a certified health coach. And I used to have a food blog that was based on healthy recipes like paleo keto whole 30 kind of stuff. Um, I no longer have that. I sold it last year, but, um, that was like a big part of me. And so natural remedies and alternative medicine and all of that was a huge, a huge part of my identity. And the day I checked myself into the hospital was like, the greatest act of surrender because I didn't have control anymore. Um, Like I didn't have control over what I was going to eat. I knew I was going to be taking pharmaceutical drugs. I knew that I was going to be putting chemicals in my body. i like, I knew that I had been on the healthy diet, restrictive diet supplement bandwagon for nearly a decade and had been trying to heal myself because the. I mean, even before 2018, like I had had anxiety I had had seasons of my life where I would struggle with insomnia. Um, I had had like some chronic and mysterious health things that would kind of come and go off and on. And so for, for a decade before 2018, I had been on the, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free diets, um, eating paleo, doing whole thirties. Um, I did the celery juice thing for six weeks where you wake up and you drink 16 ounces of oh, celery me. juice. Oh, oh my God. It was the most disgusting thing ever. The and it worst literally, thing ever. It literally did nothing. Like I think the medical medium guy is full of shit. Well, like, I kind it... of, I didn't really read
1: all of his book, but this is what I wanted to ask you, like, before you go on to your next bit, your story is like the, the, you know, the conflicting mm-hmm. things about, you know, you know, your body can heal itself, but then you've got the pharmaceutical drugs that like, you know, can help. So there's always that kind of, like, I do believe your body can heal itself, but then if you need medication, like take the medication because it helps you get to where you need to be. So I think it's like you said, it's there for us to use. So why not use it?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I have an episode on my podcast. If people want to learn more about how I used psychiatric medications as a trauma healing tool. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a very intentional use. Um, that's episode five of my podcast. I don't know if you do show notes or not, but your listeners might might find that interesting. Um, But yeah, my, my use of psychiatric medications was very, very intentional. And I'm so grateful that um, at some point in my crazy health journey, I had had DNA testing done and um, I learned through that testing. And this was before I ever needed psychiatric medications, but I learned through that DNA testing that I have multiple cytochrome P450 mutations and the CYP450 pathways are The pathways where like 80% of all substances in the world are processed, including pharmaceuticals and herbs. And I learned that I'm a fast metabolizer at several of those pathways. Um, And so that means that whatever is processed on those pathways, my body metabolizes before it has a chance to have a therapeutic effect. Mm -hmm. So it explained so much. Like when I had my wisdom teeth out when I was 19, the painkiller didn't work. Um, when I had had a kidney stone in 2010, the painkiller they prescribed didn't work. Um, I've always had weird reactions to like dental anesthesia and, um, just my journey with pharmaceuticals has been one that's been very fraught with like weird, weird things, (laughs) weird side Mm -hmm. effects, weird reactions, like things that have confounded my doctors. And, and I haven't taken a lot of pharmaceuticals. Um, one for that reason, but two, because I do believe the body can heal itself. And I do believe that when you feed the body nourishing foods and you get sunshine and fresh air and you move your body and all of that, I really do believe that you're removing a lot of the interference that helps or that keeps you from living in optimal health. And also we live in a world that has like chemicals in the air and chemicals in the water and, you know, hormone disrupting things in our paint and our furniture. And like, so you know, we're, we're kind of swimming upstream, I guess, trying to be healthy because of all the shit in our environment that contributes to not being healthy. But, um, anyway, I, I just going into the hospital was like such an act of surrender. And I'm so glad I did it because I had that DNA test with me and they knew whenever I checked myself in, they couldn't prescribe me SSRIs because SSRIs are processed. Most SSRIs are processed on two of my most mutated pathways, which were CYP2D6 and um, Mm CYP3A4. So we had to find medications that if they were processed on those pathways, they were also processed on other pathways Mm -hmm. that weren't as mutated or that were not processed on those pathways at all. So my, my journey with psychiatry is, um, it's a little bit unique I feel like but I encourage people now to look into DNA testing because it can really help eliminate the cycle of trying a new medication and then seeing if it works and waiting 6 weeks and then tapering off of it and then it didn't work and you have to start a new one and you try again and like a lot of people do that process for years mm-hmm. and if they had access to um pharmacogenetic testing that can bypass a lot of that process and I'm really grateful that I had it um So the medications that I ended up on, they, they definitely had a therapeutic effect for me and they weren't just like a placebo. Um, so I, I vowed to myself that I was going to just do whatever I could because I knew the meds had to be temporary for me. And I totally respect for some people that, you know, medication is something that, that really works for them and they have no desire to get off of their medications. And that's totally fine. I respect it. But that was just not going to be my story. And I knew that I had lived the first 35 years of my life without psychiatric medications. And I knew I would do it again, but I just had a lot of shit that I had to heal Mm -hmm. that I didn't realize I had to heal. So, um, yeah, so I checked myself out of the hospital on March 17th and I started my journey and it wasn't too long after that, that I came across information about the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And as I was learning about the autonomic nervous system, I just kept having light bulbs go off in my head. And it was like, yes, this makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And I started to see how the, the mental quote unquote mental illnesses, because I have four diagnosed mental illnesses. um, I started to see how they weren't actually diagnoses, but they were symptoms of a deeper problem. And the problem was in my autonomic nervous system. And then a lot of the other mysterious health issues that I had had for a decade plus leading up to that made sense too, whenever I looked at it through the lens of the autonomic nervous system. And so I've basically just become a nervous system nerd and I have learned everything I can about the nervous system. I practice nervous system hygiene every single day. And I truly believe that nervous system work has put me in a place of feeling like the best that I've felt pretty much ever in my adult life. Um, Not only mentally, but also physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, and nervous system work helped me to get off of medication whenever I was ready to get off. Um, and it helps me literally every day going forward. It, It makes me a better parent. It makes me a better friend, a better partner. Um, it affects the way I show up in my business. Like I literally view the entire world now through the lens of like everyone being a nervous system and it's completely changed my outlook on everything
1: it's really interesting. Like learn about the nervous system. It's like, it's just, I guess if you look at like the, the nervous system, how much it looks like the the veins on the leaves and things like there's so many similarities, isn't there with nature? So, you know, what are some of the things that you did for your nervous system health, like on a daily basis?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I was in pelvic floor physical therapy, um, for the pelvic floor dysfunction. And I started seeing the pelvic floor physical therapist right after I got out of the hospital. and I actually found the stretches and the the really gentle exercises that the therapist gave me. I noticed that it was something that I came to really enjoy, and it helped me to be in my body and not in my head. Mm-hmm. And it really soothed and calmed me down to do those exercises. And so pelvic floor physical therapy became beneficial for my nervous system as well as my pelvic floor. Um, of course, being outside in nature, like. I'm so grateful that I live in the woods and I have six acres of access to forest and my land is like bordered by state land. So nobody's ever going to build behind me. Um, And I would, I just spent hours and hours um, just outside sitting with trees, hugging trees, laying on a blanket in my yard, in the sun, talking to flowers. Um, I had a really cool experience in the summer of 2020 where um, I was going for a walk. And as I was walking through my yard, Um, kind of out of the corner of my eye, like my eye caught these tiny little pink flowers that grow, um, where my fiddlehead ferns are and, but the ferns hadn't come up yet. They were like starting to fiddlehead out of the ground, but they hadn't become full ferns yet. So there were these tiny little pink flowers and they kind of caught my eye one day and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I kept walking and I went on my walk. And then the next day they caught my eye again and I didn't really pay attention. And I kept walking, went for my walk the next day, the third day, I mean, I literally swear to you, it was almost like an audible voice like came from those little pink flowers. They're called Carolina spring beauties, these flowers. Um, it was like a little voice came from these flowers and I got closer to them and it was like, the flower said, you need me. And so I started talking to flowers that summer (laughs) and, um, I learned how to make flower essences. And so I made a flower essence out of the Carolina spring beauty and I started taking it. And the crazy thing is, is I didn't know anything about flower essences before I took, before I like created this and heard this flower speak. But I, like I Googled the, like the, the uses for the Carolina spring beauty flower essence. Um, And it was like the, the essence of the Carolina spring beauty is for like new life after a dark season of grief mm. and like that was literally the first flower that I saw in the be- early summer of 2020 I'm um, sorry 2019 after oh. I had just gone through this dark night of the soul and it was like the first spring flower that was up um, so that was my first experience with like talking to plants how <laughs> <That'll laughs> profound I can- is
1: that like how there's like so many answers in nature for us we just have to listen
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know what I didn't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, um, the other mysterious pains, I mentioned this earlier, I'm sorry to kind of backtrack. I hope it's not confusing people, but the other mysterious pelvic pain that I had that was separate from the urethra pain, um, it ended up being diagnosed as something called pelvic congestion syndrome, which is varicose veins in the pelvis. Mm-hmm. And so in June of 2019 I actually flew over to London and I had my veins treated at a vein clinic in London. Um and that resolved that problem. <laughs> so I'm still free of pelvic congestion syndrome symptoms. Um but yeah, I um so you asked me what other nervous system tools. So nature um pelvic floor therapy, um I I found a lot of healing through shaking. Um, so I learned how to literally shake like a wild animal shakes after it's been chased by a predator. Um, so shaking was a great way for me to discharge anxiety, especially. And like, I could get myself out of a panic attack with like really big shaking. Um, so yeah, those were some of the things that I did. I did a lot of things that it would take all day for me to tell you. Yeah. I mean
1: <laughs> the pelvic floor stuff, like it reminds me of like, you know, people want to do yoga and Pilates. There was some like really light stretches that my health coach gave me and they were so therapeutic for me. I just felt like I was I felt like I had a relationship with my body. It was like yeah. it it wasn't like my body was separate to me. It was like I was really, like you said, in my body. Because yeah. I think a lot of us kind of want to go to like the gym and work out so hard and we want to do like a really sweaty yoga session. Where for me sometimes like I need to do this more actually. Like I just want to be able to just get up and just slowly like like then Tai Chi you know, people do Tai mm-hmm. Chi for that reason, but just slowly move my body in like places where I'm just stretching my back and I'm stretching my arms and my neck. Mm-hmm. I love the butterfly pose. Like sometimes when I'm like reading in bed, I'll just sit with my butterfly pose. Uh, Cause I really relate to you, Lindsay with, you know, the, the water infections. Like I, I suffered a lot with uh, cystitis water infections it was like every month when I was younger and I remember going to get you know the specialist and they said my urethra was very was shorter than other women so like it was just a, a lot easier for bacteria to get up and I remember just like cutting out fizzy drinks I was cutting out because I used to have like coke and lemonade and Fanta and all these things and I got to around 22 23 and I thought I'm just going to all these all these fizzy drinks out I'll have the odd one when I'm on holiday you know for like being thirsty but I thought that's the thing you know you you adapt yourself to you know to like you think your body's speaking to you isn't it your body's telling you something that's and something that was really interesting for me was around I had my eyes tested a couple of years ago and one of them was a a bit worse than the other so I started to wear glasses and then it wasn't too bad but it was to a point where you know I needed glasses to drive and I just was like I don't want my eyes to get worse. Like I just kind of focused on that. I have perfect eyesight. I have perfect eyesight. And that was for a few years when I started to do affirmations, when I first kind of learned about manifestation. And then I started to have my smears done. I don't know. I can't remember what you call them in America now. Chris told me this, my partner. It's where they... um, Pap test. Pap test. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was 25, we got, you know, we got invited, invited to go for them. Uh, I recommend everyone go for them because they just honestly can save your life. And I had abnormal cells, nothing to worry about. We just had to go for more tests. And I remember thinking like, because I had a lot of gynecological issues after having the cervical cancer injection, we were tested on. We had the cancer injection on when I was like 18 to prevent it. And my that the mom-
0: HPV vaccine? Is that what that is? cervical cancer yeah it's
1: uh jay goody a celebrity in the uk died of cervical cancer so it's just like where cancer grows in your cervix Mm -hmm. and i remember when i turned i just turned 18 and we had we had letters through and they said you know 17 18 year old girls can go and have these three injections Mm -hmm. uh you know like like vaccines yeah and i remember after having the three that's when all my gynecological issues started to happen Mm -hmm. and i just think whether it just kind of like you know had did something i don't know but I thought you can't have one thing and not the other. So it's kind of, so then I just started to, after I had my smear test, I just thought I I can heal myself. And I remember like I had my quantum shift in 2020. And that was like, again, like having new eyesight, isn't it? When you have that quantum moment. And then that year I went for an eye test and my pap test and everything was clear. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'd had
1: like, so I I felt like I've healed myself in that respect because I thought I wasn't just going to settle for it. Because yeah. I think a lot of us, again, that victim mode, the ego goes into like, oh, I've got bad eyesight. It's just going to get worse. It's just going to yeah. get worse, and we're just yeah. in that. Ugh. So I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not accepting that, you know. Yeah. I, it's a reason for me to want to heal. My, my body can heal itself. So my eyesight's been fine ever since. I actually put my glasses on that I had a few years ago, and I, I can't see through them. It's just. Oh, so that's clean.
0: amazing! I, I should know. Try that. I have glasses, and I just got a um, few months ago. I just got a stronger prescription
1: yeah. <laughs> crazy because I, I just went for a test you know to check the eye health as well and she said that's weird because she last prescription says you've got point point and I was like oh she went you you got perfect 2020 vision I was like oh wow I remember coming out of the eye center and I was like I healed my eyesight and I was just yeah. so happy And then obviously we went for the pap test and I got my results and it was all clear. And I just, I remember crying, I cried that day because I'd had so much issues Mm. with that. And as a woman, it's just so crap to have like all that stuff going on, especially like with like water infections. It's just so awful to go through that, but it taught me a lot. And it just taught me to like drink more water. You know, I'm on gluten-free diet now That's helped a lot, especially with like my bloating and the feelings that I have. But, you know, with the nervous system, like what I've learned about the nervous system again is with the cold water therapy, you know, shot, like a grand shock in the system and resetting the system. Mm-hmm. Do you know much about that with like what the cold water does for the nervous system?
0: Well, I, uh, I do practice cold plunges. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly in the summer because I live near a very large cold body of water. Um, so I live near Lake Superior and it's pretty much cold year round. I mean, there are a few days in the summer where it gets, warm ish, (laughs) but it's never like you get, and you're like, Oh, this is so warm and nice. Like it's never like that. Uh, but in the summer of 2020, I started practicing cold plunges and I did a challenge for myself where, uh, for 30 days straight, I was going to go do a cold plunge in the lake. And I got, it was really fun. And I posted every day on Instagram about it. And I got a, a thermometer, a pool thermometer. And so every day I would go to the water. I would see what the temperature of the water was that day. And I really learned how to focus on my breathing and become one with the water. And like, I learned how to not fight the, the cold or how to not resist it, but how to like lean into it and be like, okay, if it's going to be cold, then I'm going to sit here and I'm going to feel all of the cold. Like I'm just going to feel it. And then I started being able to like relax my body into it. And it was so important to me because I'd been doing pelvic floor physical therapy for, um, a little over a year by that point. And, um, so I gave myself the challenge of seeing if I could relax so much in the water that I could pee. And like, if you can relax your pelvic floor in 50 degree water enough to, which I don't know what that is in Celsius, but in, in Fahrenheit, 50 degrees is like really cold Yeah, water. That's like half your body temperature. Yeah. So, um, If you can relax your pelvic floor in water that cold to the point that you can pee, like that's pretty incredible. So I started learning how to do that, and then I figured out that through my breathing and my intention that like I could stop myself from getting goosebumps. So like I would be out there like sort of shaking and shivering with goosebumps on my skin, and then I could use like practice focused intention and my breath, and the goosebumps would like go away. And I just I fell in love with cold water and if your listeners are interested, I actually have a free training on my website for how to hack your nervous system with cold plunges. Um, so people can find that at lindseylocket.com forward slash cold plunge. Um, but yeah, I do talk about the benefits for the nervous system in there. And I mean, I don't really get into the science of it so much. I'm more into like, how does it make me feel? Is this beneficial for me? Um, and what I found was that the cold water was a temporary stressor. Mm-hmm. For my body. So I was intentionally putting myself in a stressful situation because cold is a stressful situation for our bodies. And the reason why we get in cold water and we gasp or we have, we shake, you know, uncontrollably our teeth are chattering and all of that is because our nervous systems are in a stress response Mm -hmm. and it's our nervous systems are trying to help us stay alive. And so we gasp and it feels uncomfortable and we have the urge to get out and it's all because our nervous system. Um, but what I found was that whenever I could relax and breathe into it and really open my whole body up instead of, instead of collapsing and closing around the cold, Mm -hmm. like staying open in my body, Mm -hmm. staying relaxed, keeping my breathing deep, not gasping, not shaking, not shivering, just, just being there and being like, this is just a sensation. This is just a sensation. And and I'm experiencing this sensation because I'm in this water. Like that's why I'm experiencing this sensation. And it's not scary. And at any moment I have the sovereignty to choose when I want to get out of this water. So if I only want to stay in here for 30 seconds, then that's all I'm going to stay in. But I began to challenge myself to stay in for longer and longer and longer, always knowing that the shore was right there. Like safety was literally a few steps away, you know? So it gave me an opportunity to practice being in a stressful situation and teaching my body you can be in a stressful situation and be okay. Mm -hmm. Like you can be in a stressful situation and not panic, not fight it, not feel like the end of the world. Like you can do this and be okay. And what I discovered was that once I was outside of the water, the more I practiced the cold plunges, the more my life, like the stressors in my life began to be easier to get through because then whenever, you know, like if I was having an argument with my partner or something and I would experience like sensations in my body of like anxiety or, um, you know, fear or whatever it was like, I, I could go back to being in the cold water and be like, okay, this is just a sensation. Mm. Like you're experiencing this sensation because you're in this stressful situation. And at any moment you can choose to, to leave or end the conversation or, you know, whatever, like you have complete sovereignty over what happens here. And it just made my ability to tolerate stress outside of the water so much greater. And I also know that like it, you know, it, it did, it shocked my nervous system. Like and I learned to Pippa, like, this is the cool thing I learned through cold plunges that we actually do have the capability to override our nervous system's stress responses with consciousness. Yeah, Like that was the biggest thing that I learned through that. Like we have the ability. So whether you're in cold water or you're, uh, well, here's a story I'll tell you. Um, I recently flew to Mexico with my daughter. We spent a week together um, in Cozumel and it was beautiful and wonderful. And she's 16 and a half. So it was the perfect age to do a fun mother daughter trip like that. And the trip was amazing and nothing happened bad until we got back into the United States and our international flight landed in Houston. And we had to go through the department of Homeland security and show our passports and declare if we had like food or alcohol or whatever, and, um, the, the short version of the story is, is, that two of the Homeland security officers were giving me a really hard time and they were sort of asking me some inappropriate questions. And one of them like banged on the plexiglass in front of my face to like, I think he was just trying to startle me or like show that he was in charge or something, but Um, anyway, they finally let us through. And I asked if I could speak to a supervisor to complain about the way that we were treated. And I did, and I just felt so much anxiety and stress in my body. And it's the closest I've been to a panic attack since before I attempted suicide. I mean, I'm not even kidding.
1: Yeah, it was
0: awful. I I felt sick. I felt hot. My armpits were sweaty. I felt nauseous. I felt like my throat was like the knot in my throat was like going to twist and like break my neck. Like, I mean, it just felt sickening. And, um, because I've been practicing nervous system hygiene literally every day for almost three years now, um, after I spoke to the supervisor, I was still feeling that anxiety energy in my body really strongly. And we were walking through the airport and I just told my daughter, I have to shake right now. And I literally dropped our bags in the middle of the airport. People were walking around all sides of us. And I just stood there in the middle of the airport and I just started like doing my big shaking and like. And about 30 seconds in, I felt the hyperventilating kind of crying, you know, starting and I just let it happen. And at one point somebody came by and asked my daughter, is she okay? And my daughter just goes, yeah, this is just how she discharges anxiety (laughs) because (laughs) we've, we've just normalized it so much in our house, you know, like nervous system discussions and vocabulary is something that's part of our family life. Now it is, I, I mean, I'm so grateful but um, it
1: takes really like confidence and strength to so just do it in an airport, you know, and everyone's like looking at you. It just takes a lot of courage.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't even know. I mean, maybe you're right. I didn't see it as an act of courage as much as I saw it as like none of these people have to live with the consequences of this being stored in their bodies the way I do. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter what anybody thinks, you know, because I'm the only one that has to live with this in my body and. But I knew, but I knew how to take care of it. You know, I knew how to take care of my nervous system. And I shook and it lasted about 20 minutes. And then I, I literally could feel the anxiety energy like shaking off of me. Like the longer I shook, the less and less and less it got. And after a couple of minutes, I was like, Ooh, okay, let's go. And I picked our stuff up and we kept going. You know, like it's it's a big deal because it's not. Common to see people doing that, but it's not a big deal to me because I'm so used to taking care of my nervous system all the time. Mm. You know? Um, so I can't even remember if you asked me a question. I feel like I told you that story about the Department of Homeland Security, and I can't even remember why. <laughs> That's what I love about these podcasts,
1: it just flow so naturally because I probably forgot what I even asked you because I was just so intrigued with the story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember now.
1: I think it was about the cold water therapy wasn't it I was asking about like the cold water therapy and how it's like helped because I I first did it last year and we had to do like bioco breath work first with the guy and I had Mm -hmm. an out of body experience like we just did uh, like Wim Hof breath rounds but a bit deeper and we had to do that before we got in the water because he said this is how you're going to breathe in the water and I remember getting in the water and he just said to me your breathing is perfect, Pippa. And I didn't want tremble and shake. I didn't, I didn't gasp. Obviously, I was my body was dying to just go, this is so effing cold. You need to get out right now. That's all my my brain was saying that. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm I'm calm, I'm okay, my body can handle this. I'm safe. And I just kept focusing on the breath. That's all mm-hmm. I just focused on was. And then like, you know, my friend and and the guy was talking to me, like obviously he, he knows that I'm just trying to concentrate. And then obviously I got down to another level and it went over to like my breast. I'm like, oh my God, but I just kept, I just kept so calm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he came and, and he splashed the vagus nerve and he said, that's really, really powerful because obviously he's trained in all this so you know I'm actually going to his at the end of the month for actually ice water so we're going to get into even the baths the, oh, the ice baths I haven't I done that well, I can't wait for that but it, you know he's <laughs> learned so much in the last year as well but I remember like this this water was um in nature it was a stream so it's colder because it's obviously running water no sunlight gets to it I think it was around six degrees seven degrees maybe so that's probably like the late 40s mm-hmm. So so was really cold water and I remember like after like five to six minutes, my body just regulated. I was like, Oh, it's like a bath. So crazy. And then getting out, you know, you've got to let your body regulate. Your body is miraculous. I'm like, I I felt so connected to my body that day. I thought my body is absolutely incredible. It's a, it's a miracle. So I think when I get to New Zealand, I said to Chris, I'm going to take you, to, you know, do like a couple of times a week, you know, could get in the cold water. Cause I remember when he played American football, when he was younger, he would, they would go in ice plunges, you know, after the training. So I just think it's great. Just, I think it felt like your mood as well. Like I said, the nervous system. Oh yeah. Everything.
0: Yeah. 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 I totally, I mean that I, I now do cold plunges every summer because of that. Um, it just, I did, I felt like my skin was just like glowing. I felt like my yeah. Mood it takes like a layer
1: off you. It's like it literally strips it off you.
0: <laughs> it does. I felt like my mental clarity was like sharper. Um, I felt like my capacity to handle stress got greater. I mean, it just. I don't have a bad thing to say about cold plunges, and I haven't done an ice bath yet. That's, I mean, that's probably the next challenge that I need to work myself up to.
1: For me, the. The ice baths—it's a psychological thing because you feel. I love baths. I love bathing in in the bath. It's one thing that I love. I'll probably do that tonight. But you know, you got you got a mental psychological thing that that's Mm -hmm. a bath, and you probably associate warm with a bath. So there's going to be that element of like, hang on, I'm getting into a bath that's got ice in it. It's probably like three degrees. (laughs) So I am looking forward to it because, you know, the guy who does it, he's brilliant. He's really popular in the UK doing it because he's followed Wim Hof stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I know like we probably haven't got time to go into it fully, but we can probably get you back on to talk about how like the nervous system and the ego and trauma kind of manifest in the body. Oh, yeah. That's something that fascinates me a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think the coldest I ever did, according to my thermometer that I took into the water, <clears throat> the coldest, um, water day was 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's pretty And cold. I think I was able to stay in for like a minute and that was it. But I, I did it, <laughs> you know, like I did it and it, it makes you just feel like such a badass too. Yeah, does. You know, it yeah. really does. I get what you mean about how like my body is so freaking amazing. And yeah. you know what? Something else that was like a benefit that I wasn't expecting was um I tend to have pretty weird reactions to bug bites. So, like, not mosquito bites, that's not a big deal, but we have something up here called uh black flies and you don't really feel them biting you, but like they bite you. And then it's like the next day or anyway, for me, the next day they're like swollen and hot and like, like pus starts oozing out of them. And, and so I just react really strongly to these bites and the cold water was like, so healing for these bug bites. And I just noticed that like, not only did they itch less, but the heat would go down, the swelling would go down, and the bug bites would like heal faster. Well so... the chemicals
1: in your body are like completely changing. The longer you stay in, obviously you can yeah. do so much per degree. I think it's a minute per degree, isn't it? I think they say before your body goes into like um hypothermia. So you go, it's like they say a minute, a degree. I think we did eight minutes and it was around seven, eight degrees. But I just remember thinking, you know, he was saying your body is like literally changing chemicals. It's changed. Like I was, I could feel it. I, yeah. I, the only way I could explain it, if you watch Twilight, obviously.
0: Yeah. You know, she changed <laughs> into a vampire
1: at the end, and it shows you inside a body, and it's like changing everything that's going uh-huh. on. I literally, that's all I thought. I kept thinking, I'm. It's like not becoming a vampire, but I just felt like my whole body's just like healing itself, and it's like like strengthening itself, and that's how yeah. I could really kind of yeah. describe it.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is making me so excited for summer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to go and
1: explore New Zealand.
0: I can feel my body, like craving a jump in the lake. Like I can just feel it. And I know, I mean, I live in Minnesota. So if I wanted to, I could go strip down naked and roll around in the snow, but I don't know, for whatever reason, rolling around in the snow, like hurts my skin in a way that cold water doesn't. So I don't actually love rolling the snow, but I know I could do it um, if I really needed it. But this is making me crave cold water so much.
1: I know me too. I can't wait. So is there anything else you would like to say about that night of the soul? You know, anyone who, because I know a lot of people like will really resonate with your story and that anxiety, like people live in that every day, don't they? And it's just, oh God, I just wish I had a magic wand, like, a, like a magic, you know, like, a, like a godmother and just be like, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo.
0: Yep. I know. Well, um, yeah, I, I will share, cause this is what's coming up for me right now. I will share like the biggest tool that I use to heal anxiety for myself. Um, and it's nothing mind blowing. It's not anything you're going to read in a book or maybe, maybe people have written about it. I don't know. Um, it's free. You don't need a therapist. Like it's literally something you do for yourself. So, um, I, because I experienced such like months and months of such severe anxiety and insomnia, I'm very familiar with how anxiety feels in my body. So for me, anxiety feels like a tight knot in my throat. And then it kind of goes down into my heart space and my heart feels like fluttery, like kind of like palpitations or like it's not beating regularly. Um, it's not pounding or anything, but it's just like every few seconds it's like and then it'll go away, and then it's like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. And then it kind of goes down into like my solar plexus, and I feel this heat kind of nausea, nausea nauseating feeling. Excuse yeah. me. And so um, I know you can see me, but people listening can't. So it's basically like from my throat to my solar plexus, it's just like this radiating up and down tightness, nausea, palpitating, like. That's what anxiety feels like for me. It's miserable. And so I learned, or I I learned from observing myself that the reason why I would have panic attacks was because I was feeling these sensations in my body. So this was a download that I got this past summer, actually. Um, I feel like the universe told me like what panic is. And I'll be interested to see if this resonates with you. So panic is when our body is trying to do like trying to move, whether that's running away or shaking or crying or being angry and getting to punch something like our body is trying to move and the body is wise and it doesn't need our mind to know what to do. Like our body knows what to do, but then we have these minds and these egos that try to, uh, override or bypass what the body wants to do. So it's like, if you're about to have a panic attack and your body wants to shake, but your mind is like, you can't do that. What are people going to think of you? Yeah, Everybody's going to think you look so stupid. Like you can't do that in public. What are you thinking? You know, that creates panic, right? Cause your body wants to do something, but your, mm-hmm. but your mind won't let you, you know? So you're like, ah! like, yeah. okay, that's panic. The way that I healed anxiety was to, um, notice the sensation, the knot in the throat, the fluttering in the heart, the heat and the nausea and the solar plexus. And I would literally be like, Oh, there it is again. And I would come down to my office and close the door and either sit on the floor or lay on the couch or something. And I would close my eyes and I would put all of my focus on that feeling on feeling it you know? And I would be like, okay, body, if this is how, if this is how you're going to feel right now, then I'm going to sit here and I'm going to fucking feel it. Yeah. And I would just put literally all of my focus on it. And like, it was scary. And some days I would do this and my body would turn the volume way louder (laughs) and it would get worse. And some days I would do this and my body would turn the volume down Mm -hmm. and it would feel better. And there was no way of predicting whether it was going to be better or worse that day. It was just an act of trusting that my body was feeling the sensation and that it was safe for me to feel it Mm -hmm. and it would be okay. And that's how I healed anxiety. And I know that's like nothing profound, but it was just days of consistently meeting my body when that sensation would come up, meeting my body and honoring it and being with it without fear and just being like, this sensation is not going to harm me. Like the sensation is not life-threatening. I am not in danger. This is a sensation of my body. My body is speaking to me and this is how I listen because I can't have a conversation in words with my body. My body doesn't speak in words. It speaks in feelings and sensations. So I've been ignoring those feelings and sensations for a long, long time, right? Like that's what got me to that point of needing psych meds and having panic attacks and not being able to feel my feelings and all of that. Like it was because I had gone years of my life being so completely disconnected from my body and my body was talking to me all along, but I didn't know how to listen because I was afraid of the feelings. I was afraid of feeling the feelings. And the sensations. I don't just mean feelings like emotion, like anger and sadness and stuff, but I mean the actual like physical sensations in my body. Like I was terrified of them. So I avoided them. I distracted myself from them. I disconnected from my body and I spent most of my time in my head. So this was an act of like, what's going on in the head is like, it doesn't matter because all I'm doing is focusing on this feeling. And I don't know if I, listened so much that my body was finally like, I don't need to speak to you that way anymore or what? I don't really know. But like the anxiety, the sensations of anxiety, I still get them occasionally. Like I definitely felt them that day whenever I was having that interaction with the department of Homeland security, yeah, definitely, you know, yeah, yeah. like I definitely felt it that day, but that's when it's appropriate to feel those sensations, right? Like you're, you're literally not knowing if your life is in danger. Yeah. You know, I didn't know if they were going to search me, detain me, separate me from my daughter. Like I literally had no idea and they wouldn't tell me what was going on. So it was appropriate for me to feel that stress response. But for many years before that, when I had such chronic anxiety, my body was stuck in that state of feeling in situations when it wasn't appropriate, you Mm -hmm. know, like it was, it was an over an overreaction of my body to something that wasn't a threat to my life. So just listening to my body that way. And, and I say this to my clients and I'll say it here too, is like, when you, your body will whisper to you for a long time, it will whisper to you. And and what I mean by whisper is like, you'll feel sensations, feelings, symptoms, maybe like, and your body's whispering and it will whisper for a long time. But if you don't listen, like I didn't listen for so many years, then your body has no choice, but to scream. Yeah. And by the, by the time I started listening, finally listening to my body, I couldn't not listen anymore because my body was literally screaming mm-hmm. and it was screaming the loudest in my pelvis, Yeah. which is like, that's my womb space. That's my root, my, the foundation of my life, the seed of my creativity and my yeah. intuition. Like that's where my body was like, hold the fuck up. Yeah. Like you need to listen to me, (laughs) you know? Um, so yeah, I guess that's the last thing that I wanted to share with your listeners. Thank
1: you for that. It's really important. Like you said, you know, when you think something's wrong in your body, it's, it's not, it's your body saying, listen to me. This is me saying, listen to me. Like, and again, not seeing like, you know, a physical issue as, as a negative, you know, it's a positive, it's your body saying, okay, that area, what's, what's relating to that area especially your chakra system and your organs different organs represent different things so you can just get so creative with the healing journey there's just so many kind of like avenues to go down but it's about feeling into what resonates with you at the time you know like i said the the nervous system to me two years ago i was like over my head but now it's you start to learn more about it and then you start to try new things and that's when like your soul's just like finally you're listening to me so yep <laughs> it fascinates me i just i just love how like you know the way we're designed it's just it's uh, your body's a miracle it really is a miraculous
0: miracle. yeah i, I just i just
1: i'm so grateful for my body right now
0: yeah me too
1: well thank you so much for coming on other my guests are gonna absolutely love this one they're just so intrigued with like ego oh. and trauma and nervous systems and i've not spoke about the nervous system yet so it's really really good
0: Well, if you want me to come back and talk more about trauma and the nervous system, I'm happy to. (laughs) Yes,
1: we will do a part two. Okay. Okay, I will. I will put your website and the training that you mentioned and the episode that you mentioned in the show notes.
0: Perfect.
1: And yeah, where's everyone best to find you, Lindsay? Instagram.
0: Instagram. My handle is I am Lindsay Lockett and Lindsay is with an EY, not an AY. So that's very, very important. Um, and then, yeah, my website, lindsaylockett.com. My podcast is holistic trauma healing. Folks can listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and yeah, I'm not currently accepting new clients, but I will be later in the spring. Um, but yeah, That's pretty much Instagram is like the best way to find me. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful
1: for you coming on. Thank you, Peppa, for having me. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. See you soon.
0: I'm Suzanne Giesemann. And if you've ever wondered about life after death, or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope.